Amen. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord for a good day. It's been a nice week, hasn't it? It's been a nice week. God's good to us. and Thank the Lord. Five to eight inches coming this week. Don't, don't count on it, folks. Put your shovels away. <laughs> no, we'll see. But we're glad to be in God's house today and thank him for his goodness to us. Alex, will you pray over our service this morning? Lord, thank you once again for the opportunity to come to your house and to worship you and to draw closer to you. I just pray that your presence will come and meet us in a special way. Just have your way in the singing and in the preaching and no one who's speaking this morning. I just pray you have your way. We love you and want to serve you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. May be seated. All right. Brother Adrian, you come. All right. Before we get our chorus books out, you can get them out a while if you want to. Michael Mason has a birthday today. Appreciate that good lesson this morning. Let's sing. Happy birthday. You can even play if you want. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday to you. appreciate brother Michael he helps me out a lot when I'm not able to be here so we're thankful for that all right 145 in the chorus books I haven't sung this for a couple weeks I like to sing it pretty often Lord willing the next time we sing this I'd like to have verses uh, that we can uh, add to this chorus into his presence what a beautiful chorus let's worship this morning 100 45 in the course book. <clears throat> Into
Let's continue our worship with our hymn books, 113, 113. We have come into his house. All right, let's sing it together. We have come into his house. forget about yourself. Pretty hard to forget about yourself because it's who you are. When we worship, what that means is we need to get rid of distractions. We need to get rid of things that tend to take away from our focus in worship. When we come to church, we're here to worship and I want to sing that last verse again. And I don't know about the gentleman behind me, but I didn't see very many hands like we should have. We're here to worship, and that's part of worship. Raising our hands, lifting them heavenward. Oh, we can do so much better in our worship. I believe we can. And I'm just as guilty 
All right, let's sing that third verse one more time. Let's lift our hands together. Let's sing 473 yet. 473. Amen. I am thine, O Lord. Let's all stand if you would. You're able to this morning. I am thine, O Lord. 473.
seated. Trust that your determination this morning. Thank you for your good singing. Thank you, Brother Adrian, for those songs this morning. And I'm worshiping praise to God. And I was sitting here thinking about it. Um, regardless of who you are this morning in the service, and if you're wondering if I'm talking about you, I am. Um, regardless of who you are, your relationship with God this morning, you should have praise in your heart for him. And I'm um, just the fact that we are in church this morning, that you're in church this morning, and you look back over your life and see different places in life where you could be, there's no reason why you should any, be anywhere near God's house this morning. No reason whatsoever. And so no matter what your relationship to him is, you should have a, a, at least somewhat of a praise in your heart for him because of his mercy and because of his grace this morning and what he's done so much for us. And I just praise the Lord this morning for what he has done for me. He's been so good time and time and time again. And sometimes we feel so thick-headed and so dumb when we just, you know, in our walk with him at times and it seems like we stumble when we shouldn't and we allow things to get in our mind or allow the devil to leverage something in our mind. And so many times we struggle and God's there every step of the way and he shows his grace and he shows his mercy and, and pulls us back close to himself. And what a precious place to be but close close to God. And that's my prayer this morning, to be nearer drawn to him and that my will would be wholly lost in his and uh, what a beautiful place to live. What a beautiful place to live this morning. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Worthy of our praise. Does anybody have a word of praise for the Lord this morning for what he's done in your life? Pastor, I'm praising the Lord today. We say thank you for his help. Specific, several instances this week, a specific situation, a conversation with somebody, needed the Lord's help. I had no idea what to say. God's presence, God help me. I give him all the praise Thank the Lord for his presence this morning, and um, we just want to continue to invite him to be here with us and allow him to work and move in our hearts and lives, and um, he's done so very much for us, and he is worthy of our praise this morning. A couple announcements. Um, 
Um, as uh, Katie mentioned, they just came through revival at Penview. Thank you to those that prayed for school revival. And uh, the young people got help, and that's what it's all about. And we just want to um, continue to uplift them in prayer, that God would continue to help them in a special way. And looking forward to bus and outreach convention on March 5th through the 7th coming up. If you can make it, be there. And um, I know I'm saying that, but I'm probably not going to make it myself because it's not specifically this year, it's not going to be able to happen. But I'm encouraging you, go in my place for me, would you? And come back and tell me about it. And I know it would be a help to you and um, uh, will stir your heart for ministry. And um, that would be a good thing to have happen. I can just promise you that. So, And also our revival coming up, March 12th through the 17th. I'm looking forward to that, wanting God to come and move in our midst. Let's, let's be starting to pray for that revival, that God will come in a special way, deal with our individual needs, and draw us closer to him. And then you can see the other upcoming events um, that are there on the calendar. Um, keep all those in mind. And um, at this time, we're going to come to you for the morning tithes and offerings that the ushers will come forward. Brother Kohler, could you help us over on this side, please? Brother Stefano, would you pray for the offering? Thank you, Lord, as we look back on the previous week and see your grace and your blessings. Thank you for that. Bless this offering. Thank you for the opportunity we have to give to your work. We ask you, Jesus, and we amen. Thank you, musicians, for that offertory. Thank you to Jesus for the meaning of that song. I'm thankful for his amazing love this morning. Give him praise for that. We want to go to the Lord in prayer today. And as we do, there are several requests we want to 
I'll remember, mentioned in prayer this morning, we want to continue to remember Amanda in our prayers um, this morning. Brother Spengler will probably give us an update here in a moment, but let's remember Amanda prayer this morning. Dave and Linda Beachel, be remembering them, different physical uh, issues that they've been facing, praying for them this morning. Doris Hoffman needs our prayers um, this morning, not doing well this morning. Let's remember the Hoffmans. Let's remember Doris today, be praying for her. Ray Stahl, continue to pray the Lord would touch him. Pray for um, him and, and the Lord would touch him physically. Let's remember him um, this morning. A request has come in from our bus ministry. There's a family in our bus ministry and ask you to pray for uh, this morning and as they come to your mind throughout the week that we've been working with. And, and they just need the Lord's um, touch this morning. They ask for prayer, ask the church to pray for them. Uh, the Rankentor and Longenberger family um, is their name. Let's remember this family. This family this morning, the children have been attending the bus ministry for over two years, but they're just facing, on multiple different levels, they're facing a lot of challenges, even this morning. And let's be praying for them, praying that God's grace and love would reach to them, would pull them, would draw them to himself through what through everything they're facing. God will work out the details. Just, just pray for this family this morning. They need the Lord's touch. Um, um, the dad, Shane, actually requested prayer um, for another for a family that they're connected with. Um, one of his friends passed away yesterday in a car accident in Milton. The Gloria Baker family is the name of this family. So he requested we would pray for this family as well this morning. So asking you to remember this family uh, this morning and praying for them. Brother Spengler there's a couple other requests to mention. Okay, um, I'll just give you a little update on Amanda. So yesterday they took her off the breathing apparatus and her, her, actually her heart rate went, came down, which was a good thing. And her, through the evening last night, maybe, I can't think of what time I left there, but it was be, her, her, her oxygen saturation level came up. And, uh, and she was somewhat responsive, had prayer with her. She let us know again numerous times that she's ready to go. That makes all the difference in the world right there. Um, but I've just asked you to remember her in prayer. My wife sat with her through the night uh, last night. That's why she's not here today. Uh, but I was thinking about something, even about this family, Brother uh, Brenizer mentioned. I was thinking about an Amanda situation. I just want to say thank you to the church because this church brought the light back to her heart. And that means, that means the world. And, uh, you know, because families just scattered in all different directions, what family there is. And uh, I'm just glad to know that uh, God put this church here. This is, this, is, this is a pastor's way of thinking. I thought, what if the church uh, would have still been out, out in the back 40? You know what I mean? We don't know. But everything is by design in God's work. And so um, he had put the church here in this particular place. Amanda recognized the church and the name of the church as God's missionary church. People came across her pathway sometime later. And, uh, but, you know, she's not well. And so um, let's remember her uh, in prayer. And then I think about uh, Brother Henry had his heart shocked several times this week to try to get it back in rhythm, and it's not worked. And he's very, very weak and run down. So let's remember Brother Henry, Sister Naomi, uh, in prayer that the Lord 
um, would touch them. They need special touch today. Of course, he mentioned about um, Sister Doris. That's why Brother Roy and Doris are not here um, today. And then I have uh, three requests for pastors um, that's come about this week. One is, and you know these guys. One is Randy Neville, Randy and Donna Neville. Uh, Randy's been through just one physical challenge after another, and it's still ongoing. And I talked with him yesterday, and I thought, you know what? Let's be remembering uh, Randy Neville in prayer. Aaron McCarty has been through just a lot of different things. He's, he had a procedure again, and uh, he, he, I think it was New Year's night or New Year's Eve. Uh, he, he choked on some food, uh, was in surgery for like five hours in the hospital, and now they've done another procedure to try to help that. Maybe they've located an issue or a problem, and so they're working with him on that. And then uh, one of our own would be Lee and, and Brooke Steen. Justin. Justin and Brooke Steen, and we need to remember them in prayer. They have, uh, they've just faced a lot of difficulty uh, in the last, really, over the last year, faced a lot of challenges, and uh, and I think I think it's our responsibility. I let me reword that. I think it's our privilege. I think it's our privilege to be able to take them to the throne, and you know they're they're working through uh, some situations, uh, and the devil fights anybody who wants to venture out and go into ministry. I can guarantee you the devil's not going to let it be an easy road, and so. Uh, that's a, that, let's remember Justin and Brooke and their family, their children, as they try to decipher what it is God wants uh, for their future. And, and they know we're praying for them. I just want to throw it out as a reminder to you today. Keep them on your hearts. All right. And then starting tomorrow night is ministerial. And uh, we have um, somebody with us who God did a miracle in his life, going to be speaking to us, Rollin Mitchell. And I'm just looking forward to it so very, very much. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So pray for our conference and uh, pray for Brother and Sister Mitchell um, that the God would just use them and anoint them and help them. All right, Brother. There's not too many requests for our God, is it? That's encouraging this morning. Anyone else, any other needs want to be mentioned this morning before we go to prayer? Let's remember Stephen this morning. Sure. Let's remember this family this morning. All right. Let's remember these needs this morning, the Justin Snyder family, and then a, a special unspoken request. These ones this morning. Unspoken needs signified by an upraised hand. And God knows about each one of those. Let's stand together this morning and invite you to pray with me this morning. As different of these requests come to mind, mention them before the Lord. Let's lift these burdens to Jesus this morning. Father in heaven, we come to our Lord, our Savior, our God, our King. 
our warrior, our friend. Lord, we praise you this morning for your goodness. We praise you this morning for your love. We praise you today for your grace. You've been so good to us, Father, Lord, and you help us through the difficult things in life, Lord Jesus. We face hard things in life. People face seemingly impossible things in life, but to this morning we come to the God who has the strength, the God who has the help, the God who has the grace, the God who has the comfort to face every challenge in life, Lord. And we look to you today and we call upon your name. We invite your presence, Lord, in this place. We thank you for meeting with us, Jesus. It's you we worship. It's you we seek. And it's you we honor this morning, Heavenly Father. God, there are so many requests mentioned this morning, Lord, and so many difficult situations that our people are facing. And God, I thank you that you have the power, you have the answer, you have the strength for each one this morning. We pray for Amanda today, Lord, that you would touch her in the hospital and be with her. May she sense your presence and your help, oh God. Would you minister to her this morning, we pray. We pray for the Beachels today. Dave and Linda, God, you would help them, Lord, and the, the, the physical difficulties they're facing. God, would you help them touch their bodies, we pray. We pray for Doris this morning, Lord. Would you touch Doris, Jesus? Would you, would, you, would you help her, Lord? Would you heal her body, Lord? We just lift her to you. May your will be done. May your grace and strength and presence be with her and Roy this morning, we pray. God, we think of Ray Stahl this morning. We lift him to you. God, would you touch and help him? We think of this bus ministry family, Lord, the Longenberger family today, Lord, and Shane and Jesus. Just touch them, we pray. God, your grace is able to help them in these trials they're facing, Lord. Your grace is sufficient. We pray, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. You would help them through what they're facing, oh God. You would just help them in a special way that only you can, we pray. We pray for the Gloria Baker family this morning, God, that your comfort and grace would extend to them. Draw them to yourself this morning, we pray. We pray for these pastors that were mentioned this morning, Lord. We think of Brother Neville. We think of Brother McCarty, Lord. You would touch them, help them with the challenges they're facing, God. We think of Justin and Brooke and their family, Lord. We pray that you would help them today. God, your grace is sufficient. Your wisdom is enough. Your power, Lord. Lord, can supply. We pray, Lord, you would just work in their case, work on their behalf, Lord. Give them comfort. Give them support, Lord Jesus, we pray, and work out the details we ask, oh God. Lord, this morning we know, Father, you're on the throne. We praise you because you're on the throne, Lord. When life is overwhelming, we come back to Jesus, where Jesus gives us the strength and the help to keep going. We look to you today. We praise your name. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We just ask in this service, anoint Brother Spangler as he preached this morning. Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit would have right away in our lives. Father, all hindrances be set aside. May God's word be declared this morning. May our hearts be drawn closer to Christ, we pray. And may we live pleasing and honoring and glorifying to you. We thank you, Jesus, for your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Masons are coming to minister at this time.
The song we are going to be singing this morning is one that you have heard us sing before, or most of you probably have, but we're singing it by request, so we're going to go ahead and do it. You know, you never know what the person beside you is going through, or the person across the aisle or behind you or in front of you. What we can know, however, is that we serve a God who is walking with us. That's the encouraging thing. Whatever it is that you're going through in life, listen to me, God knows. And he's more than able for our need this morning. I'm so thankful for that. Hey! 
the Lord. Thank you for that wonderful song. I'm glad you sang it again. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I've heard it before, them sing it before. I don't know. But that doesn't even matter. I'm glad they sang it again because it just goes right along with what I felt the Lord would have us to preach. And I always like when that happens. If it doesn't happen, it's okay, but I always like when it does. And I also like Beverly's new seat. Hey, I didn't see you sitting there behind Brianna until you stood him testified. That's just great. You know, Brianna's so out here, you know, whatever. But when uh, she stood up, I said, well, that's Beverly sitting up there. That's great. Anybody else want to move up front? There's a little section over here, a little bit down in here. And uh, that's neat. So, Beverly, that is officially now your seat. You can no longer have the back when we're giving that to somebody else. So, But uh, anyhow, we're, you know, the Wednesday night when we had uh, service over at the school, Pastor Brent and I was over there and I was over here. And so the few that were here in the area and whatever, uh, we sat over on this side. And you know, miracle of miracles, Jose brought the whole clan up and they sat in that area. And I thought that was great. And uh, I, think, I think Mel said, this is the closest she's ever set up in the front before. Well, uh, we welcome them back. Now look at them. They're clear back here by the wall holding the sound booth up. No, don't look at them. But uh, I, I like to see... I like to, uh, I like to see you gather up. I like to see the whites of your eyes. 
And so I like to see you gather up around the front. Well, do keep remembering Brother Dave Beachel too, and Linda Beachel. They've both been very, very sick for uh, this, whatever this stuff's been going around. And, uh, and you know, Dave said, that Linda said that he's bullheaded. And she is too. And so here they are, they're sick, you know, and they got to like prod each other to get to the doctor and stuff. And I'm like, keep prodding each other. Because Dave said if she hadn't got him there, he, he might not have, well, he just might have not been able to be got. And so we're thankful that he's doing better. And, um, but she's sick too. She's been sick and fractured a rib probably from coughing so much for all this um, stuff that's going on. I was walking down the hallway uh, yesterday trying to figure out where in the world he was at because the, on Saturdays there's not a lot of people that working working over there. And, uh, and Linda wasn't there, so I, sometimes I just call her when she's working, but she wasn't working, so trying to find out where he was. And I thought, well, I'll just take one more hallway because the place got full, very full. Um, you have more room at church, so come to church instead of going to the hospital. But uh, it got pretty full, and I'm walking down the hallway, and I heard somebody say, hey, hey. Well, I stopped. I said, that's Dave's voice, but I didn't know where it was coming from. But I finally found him and went in there, and I was so glad to see him setting up somewhat in the bed and doing much, much better than he was earlier because he was very, very sick. But let's do continue to remember uh, him in prayer, and uh, we'll try to keep you posted uh, along the way. They, they say there's something like a 100-day cough. I don't know anything about 100-day cough. Did anybody else ever hear of it? They're talking about it over there. Oh, okay, a couple of you have. Uh, maybe Jill, that's probably what Jill had. Jill was sick for three weeks or longer. Maybe that's what she had. I don't know. Boy, masks are a good idea, aren't they? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. No. But um, they, they didn't do us any good anyhow. But uh, there's a lot of sickness and stuff like that going around. So let's do be uh, much in prayer. Uh, one toward, uh, you know, remembering each other when we go to the hospital and we're, uh, when we're uh, not, not feeling well. <clears throat> I'm, glad, I'm glad he's a great physician. Praise the Lord. That's not what I want to uh, preach on uh, today. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse uh, number 5. Let's stand together. Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't that a good verse? That is a good, good verse. Brother Brent Eiser, you pray over the message, please. Father, thank you for your goodness to us today. Thank you for your presence and for your help. Thank you for your word. We ask that you would... Help with the Spaniards. He would preach, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint him, Father, give him the words. For today, dear Jesus, open our hearts to the truth. Lord, may your presence be among us today. We give you praise, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this is an interesting verse because it, it kind of deals with, uh, I'm going to say, in a sense, kind of two extremities of life, um, uh, at least two different, certainly two 
drastically different areas of life um, tucked here in the same verse. There's a transition in the middle uh, to get us from the one thought to the next thought. But uh, it's an important passage of Scripture. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Well, that's an important. I want to talk about that for a little while this morning. But that's important for us, uh, although that doesn't mean that you can't get new shoes if you wear your shoes out. That's not what that's saying. And if your sandal strap breaks, um, I'm sure that the writer of Hebrews would have got his sandal repaired or had somebody uh, make him a new pair, however they did uh, uh, back then. And uh, sometimes things wear out. Besides people, we wear out too, don't we? But sometimes some of the things that we use, sometimes our car gets uh, old and, you know, has issues. And, you know, our car has a little issue now. It's an it's a actuator, uh, a little window, actuator window that, that tells the heat. You know, when you turn the little controls, it tells the heat when to, tells it where to get hot and cool and all this. I don't know what the technical deal, what it I have no idea why they even put it on there, but it's there. And when you turn the little thing up and down, it makes it cool or hot or wherever you want it. Well, that little thing gets stuck in a click, 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 loud. You can hear it coming. We can hear it walking up to our car, and you can hear it walking away from our car. And it has a mind of its own. It just click, 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 loud, loud, loud. And if you're talking on the phone and that thing starts in, you got to hit mute or something, you know. But it's just a little tiny thing in there, a little piece of plastic in there, probably 29 bucks, and it takes about once you get to it, a couple minutes to change it. And I thought, I was riding down the road the other day, and that thing was going on. And I thought, you know, they could have made this thing to last. I've already replaced, replaced there's two on there. I've replaced them two or three times. And I thought, they could have made this thing to last. But that's just not the way it works anymore, is it? You know, they build those uh, cars so that you can work on those cars. Or, I mean, no, you can't. So that they can work on those cars. And everything in this life is built so that it can wear out. Isn't that nice? And so uh, there's nothing wrong when this um, happens and you have to do uh, something to, to fix something or replace your vehicle or whatever, your bicycle or your umbrella or whatever the case. Don't you feel bad for going shopping? Uh, but there is a very important truth that is buried here in this passage of Scripture. The word conversation is talking about conduct or, or we could say our, our overall our, our deportment or even our, our own personal character. And that word covetousness means literally greediness. Greediness. You know, you can buy a new bicycle or a tricycle without being greedy. But there's a warning that's, that's presented here. And, and really, I think it comes down to this. Desire nothing more than what God has given you. In life. That's just kind of a general statement. Desire nothing more than what God has given you, and especially covet nothing which divine providence has allowed your neighbor to enjoy. Amen? If you see, you know, your neighbor enjoying something, whatever it is, uh, it's just telling us not to desire those things or want those things. And one writer said, because this, that mentality is the very spirit of robbery, that, covet, that coveting after something is the very spirit of robbery. The root to this principle is very, very simple. It's this. It's found right here. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, you seek God first in your life, and God will give you what you need. In fact, God is such a good God, he will often shower you with what you want. As long as they're good things. 
Uh, that's the God that we serve, and he, he operates that way. And it's, um, it is a very powerful, uh, a very, it, it is the very power of the divine uh, of God filling the void, the emptiness, the cravings in one, one's heart, uh, not just a, in a trickling manner, but it's, it's a very act of the divine filling the emptiness of a man's heart to the brim. My, my aunt and uncle used to live uh, in, outside of Bremen, Ohio, and they had an old, uh, they had a, an old system for, for water uh, to get their drinking water. It was an old spring that was down over the hill and uh, had another shell bank kind of coming into it, and they drove a pipe back into that bank and uh, they tapped into that spring and had that spring water come out. And, and Dad laid up a concrete uh, box there for them. And they put a concrete lid on it. And the spring water would run in there. And then they had a shallow well pump up to the house. And they would draw that water up that hill um, to their house. And, uh, and there were times when that spring would get a little bit low. It was, it was always running. But there were times when it would run kind of low. And I can remember my Aunt Carolyn saying to my cousin Kevin, uh, go down and check the spring. I, I need to do laundry today. Go check the spring. And so they would go down and slide the cover off a little bit and see how full the spring was so if they could run uh, wash. And those were the good old days because that water was delicious. But uh, often was the case that, that you didn't have to worry about checking the spring because it was just bubbling, filled the, 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 the holding tank clear full and would just run over the side and run down. And, and uh, that's just the, the way it was. And that was a that was a neat experience for me as a boy uh, to go down there. But that's what God wants to do in the lives of us. He wants to satisfy us with the good things of God until it's an overflowing experience uh, in our life. And Jesus said to the woman at the well, she said, he said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know what, folks? I have read that, heard that preached from, even we've sing songs about it, but I want to tell you something. This last week, that came at me with new meaning. To realize that uh, God wants to fill us full not from the outside in, but God wants to put something down in our heart that we have something down in there that comes out. An experience, a personal experience of his presence. He said, I shall give him uh, this well of springing water up and, and it's springing up into everlasting life. Now, many years ago, oh, back before I came to Penview, so I was working in plumbing and heating, and I don't remember if I shared part of this with you or not, but I was thinking about this uh, this past week and preparing for this sermon. There was a place up on Buckeye Lake. It's a big lake up uh, north of where we lived, about 20, 30 minutes from where we lived, and we did a lot of work up there on the lake. There was a lot of resort places uh, around there, a lot of uh, nice homes, and we did some work up there, and there was a lady there, uh, Miss, uh, Mrs. Brenner, Kate Brenner, uh, she actually lived in, in the heart of Lancaster, but she had this as a second home. And she had there an artesian well. And I really had never been around an artesian well uh, very much, but my boss, Dick Dixon, and I uh, went up there because there was problems uh, with the artesian well. 
And uh, this was interesting because I had a lot to learn. Now, I was really just a young feller uh, back then, but I had so much to learn. But it was very interesting to me because the water could not be stopped. This water just kept coming and coming, flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing, uh, never diminishing. Um, the problem was not the well. The artesian well was going, going. The problem uh, was that uh, to, the, to the pipe that was going inside to the house, it had gotten crushed. I don't remember if it was, I think it was roots up against rocks, rocky soil uh, that had pushed against the, this water line and it had gotten crushed. And so we, had, we dug all that out and replaced uh, all that. But <clears throat> there was this water that would come up out of the ground and uh, it would come up through a pretty good sized pipe and it would be neck down, neck down, neck down or reduced down to a smaller and smaller pipe until uh, one particular line uh, went into the house uh, for her water in the house and they're distributed to the water heater and the toilet and the sinks and everything in the house. But then there was another uh, line that came uh, out of that line and went straight up and made a turn and went to Buckeye Lake. Uh, back to discharge because the water coming into the house uh, wasn't, she didn't use enough water in the house to get rid of all the water that was coming and you didn't want that running in your yard. And so she discharged it and went on out and, uh, to, to Buckeye Lake. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, you know that little artesian well that was there in her yard on the property there where she owned? Uh, that little thing helped kept, keep uh, Buckeye Lake filled up. It was just pumping 24-7, going, going, going all the time. And there would be times when uh, Buckeye Lake would drop because of low rain and, and not a lot coming in from the streams that naturally uh, fed it and the springs that naturally fed it. And, but her little water line was always doing its job. Even when things were dry and grass would be brown and dead. That artesian well was still pumping that little line out there and it just kind of, the water shot out a little bit and fell into the lake. And that little spot right there, uh, even though sometimes the water level would drop, that little spot right there was always getting fresh, a fresh water source. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping us as people, as humanity. Thank you for helping us to be able to have something inside, even if around it gets dry. If around us, maybe the springs dry up and, and uh, things aren't maybe as fruitful as they used to be. Thank you, uh, Lord, that we can still have this. People uh, <clears throat> become so filled with the things of this world, folks, uh, which can never satisfy. We know that. We've heard that preach. We know that personally. If we never heard that preach, the things of this world cannot, they do not satisfy. But people allow these things to fill in their lives until there's no room for the things of God. And if we, are, we, we, if we are not careful, the very blessings of material things becomes the material that the devil use, uses to present cursings in our life. The good things that God brings can often be the things that the devil uses to bring cursing to our life. And one of the first signs of this becoming unbalanced in our life is when we start to become agitated whenever the subject is approached. We start to get a little agitated because there's a biblical principle that is not worded this way, but it is this way in the Scripture. Better to be without than to be without. You think about it. Better to be without 
than to be without. And there's a passage of Scripture that identifies that over in Matthew chapter 18, verse 8. I'll read it. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. What? That's a powerful statement from Jesus. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet and be cast into everlasting fire. The next verse says, And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Well, sometimes it's better to be without than to be without. And sometimes the, the things that we give up are because God's going to grant us something else. He desires to give us something greater. But here in our scripture, the warning of, Hebrew, of the Hebrew writer could honestly couldn't be more clear. But I, I think we could say this. Do not allow yourselves to become attached to the things of this world. And you don't have to be a young person to get caught in this trap. You can be a senior citizen. You can be a retired individual. This is a warning. This is a warning from the Scripture. Do not allow yourself to become attached to this world, for these things are tangible and earthy and fleeting, but we are eternal. <clears throat> our body and our possessions will one day perish, but our soul is going to live on forever and forever. To me, it's both amazing and beautiful how quickly... One or two short phrases from the Bible can bring life back into proper perspective. It's just amazing. It is indeed a light unto our pathway. <clears throat> One writer of the Holiness Persuasion said, A greed for gain is the very spirit of idolatry. That's a pretty powerful statement. That was... Uh, Sister Rachel Plank's dad that wrote that. Did you catch it? A greed for gain is the very spirit of idolatry. Well, that's kind of powerful. If you knew Brother Will, he was sort of powerful, great man. But then he went on to quote somebody uh, by the name of Mitchell. And I tried to figure out who this was for sure. I had two different uh, possibilities. Um, but Mitchell said... All of the first Christian teachers, including the master, waged war upon this besetting sin. And he said, and it still eats the heart out of many who call themselves Christians. Wow. You know, honestly, we don't hear a whole lot about it anymore. But this is a warning from the scripture. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. But this issuance of warning is, is what the writer of Hebrews begins with. This is where he begins in this verse that we read. To set the stage for an upcoming uh, wonderful promise that is being offered. Um, it is a promise. He, he, he warns against placing our trust in the things of this world, against allowing our hearts to become attached to the things that do not satisfy. 
um, which are, are really are present about us all the time, aren't they? It's almost like a rotating platform of things that just come across our, our pathway uh, because there's just, uh, there's, there's just so much, there's so much, so many things in our world. But um, he, he warns us because he's telling us there is something far greater than what this world can produce. And he shares in this transitioning statement, be content with such things as you have. Because, be content with such things as you have. Because God hath said. God's doing the talking. Now, he's being quoted here, but he's saying, because God hath said, the everlasting portion has spoken, the creator of all things, the giver of all things, hath declared, yea, promised, I will never leave thee. One of the greatest promises in the Bible of all time, for all time and for all eternity. <clears throat> you know, years ago, I used to hear my grandmother get excited about that verse. I thought about this past week as I was reading through and came across that verse. I thought, you know, grandma, grandma used to get excited uh, about that verse. Now, she had precious little as far as this world was concerned, but she was also one of the wealthiest people I've ever met in my life. She didn't have much, but her, her, her life was filled to overflowing with the goodness of God. And as I was reflecting, I thought, Grandma, Grandma, was not satisfied with little. Now, if I stop there, you have to pause and wonder, what's he talking about? You know, some people aren't satisfied with little. They want much. They want more. They want more. They want more. They want more. Regardless of what they get, they always want more. Well, Grandma wasn't satisfied with little. She was never satisfied with little. She was satisfied because she had everything. She had everything. She had Jesus. She lived to be almost 99 uh, years of age. Uh, she would testify often. You didn't have to beg her or plead with her to testify. She would testify often about God's goodness, about God's grace, and about the fact that Jesus never failed. Jesus never. She, she drilled that into us young people, grandchildren and others from the church as well. Her house wasn't much. It sold in 2016 for less than $50,000. The cupboards were homemade on the wall. My dad made them. Uh, the carpet was worn. The furniture uh, was worn. She didn't have much. It was on the market for quite a while, and the price kept coming down, coming down. Finally, somebody offered them $49,000, whatever it was, and she took it. But everything was uh, just kind of worn down and run out. But folks, you ought to see her place now. She's got a mansion. My grandmother's got a mansion that she inherited. She inherited. She inherited from the one who promised her years ago that he'd never leave her nor forsake her. And he never did. Now, frankly, to be honest with you, uh, I get a little bit challenged sometimes by people who feel like uh, giving up when the first battle or trial comes because I think of people like that in my past who face such difficulty day in and day out. And yet they never, ever thought about quitting. 
Not only did my grandmother know that Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Her promise to him was, Jesus, and I'll never leave you or forsake you. The writer said, he hath said, perhaps referencing Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God. He it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Or maybe it was Joshua 1, 5, where, where it said, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Or perhaps it was over in 1 Chronicles chapter 18, verse 20, Be strong and be of good courage and do it. Fear not. Nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, he will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Wow, David sharing with his son. What a promise to share with your son, to share with your family. To be able to tell them, listen, God will never leave you as long as you keep working the job he's given you to do. What's that, Brother Spanger? Serving him with all your heart. Do you know the greatest way to get ahead in life? And stay ahead in life, living a God-centered life, living a God-centered life. Remember the words of Paul? He said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And then he gave this sound warning. He said, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing, or we can carry nothing out. But one thing we can bank on, bank on folks, the promise that Jesus will never leave us. Did you ever stop to ponder just how long never is? It's not just a long, long time. <laughs> it's for all of time and for all of eternity. Now, I find that to be pretty satisfying. Remember the old song, Money Can't Buy? Remember that old song? Marshall Nadine Smart used to sing it quite a bit. Money Can't Buy. Oh, I miss Brother and Sister Smart. He was a tremendous preacher, and they were just great, great people. But it had a phrase, it had a lot of phrases about the things that money can't buy. I don't have the words, or I didn't, uh, I, don't, I might have them somewhere, or Sherry might have them, but I didn't look for the words. But I thought about one phrase that always stands out to me. It's money can't buy salvation that's real. Money can't buy salvation that's real. But I'll tell you this, we can find satisfaction in the fact that he'll provide a salvation that's real. He will guide us, he will protect us, he will lift us up, he will sustain us, he will encourage us, he will fight off the enemy for us, he will see you through, and if need be, he'll carry you through. I like what McLaren said, he said, God's hand never slackens its grip. God's hand never slackens its grip. I don't know how you were, Dad, with your kids when they were young, but I remember how I was. I'm becoming the same thing with my grandkids. When we went to the mall, back then we had the mall to go to. You know, we're in our first pastorate, and I had Marie and, and uh, Brian with me, and we were walking down through the mall. Uh, I can tell you this much. I didn't trust their little hand to just be holding on to Dad's pant leg. Dad's hands had a grip on their wrist. One here and one there. Everybody in the mall in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, could have been an abductor. 
But I grabbed hold of their hands, and, I, and sometimes they'd say, Dad, Dad, you're holding too tight. It's all right. They're strangers here. <laughs> well, I like what he said. God's hand never slackens its grip. And he said, and we may be sure that as he has grasped, he will hold and keep that which we have committed unto him. Matthew Henry said this, that this promise contains the sum and the substance of all the promises. The true believer shall have the gracious presence of God with him in life, in death, and forever. And then from Strong's we find this concerning the thought of never leaving us. It's a double negative strengthening the denial, meaning not at all, anymore, by any or no means. It means neither, never, no, at all, in no case, in no wise, nor ever, not at all all in any wise. Do you get the hint? What he's saying? When he says, I'll never leave thee. I'd encourage you sometime just to sit and meditate on that thought. Just let it sink in. And then ask yourself, how long is never? That's the promise for today. That's the promise for tomorrow. That's the promise forever. And that leads us to the powerful, confident statement in the next verse, which we didn't read, but in Hebrews chapter 13, the next verse, so that we may boldly say, because that he is with us, so that, because of that, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what shall man do unto me? I discovered a long time ago the place in all my trust in Jesus causes me to have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. I've lived long enough to watch people die with nothing and have everything. And I've lived long enough to watch people die with everything and end up with nothing. We like this life and we like living. And it's hard for us to, to grasp this. But as a believer, as one who has confessed out our sins and forsaken our sins, one of these days we won't miss anything of this world. We won't miss anything. Absolutely nothing. For the promise of his abiding presence applies both here and now just as well as it does then and there. Whew, I get thrilled when I think about Jesus being with us. And on top of that, we have eternal riches better far than gold. Heaven will be worth it all and all will be worth heaven. The promise of his presence today, tomorrow is priceless. You know, there are walls of jasper. There are gates of pearl. There are streets of gold and there are mansions bright and fair. But I thought about heaven this time of the year. And I thought it'll be worth going to heaven just to get away from politics. No more elections, fair or unfair. You know what, folks? I tell you, the list goes on and on and on and on and on of the blessings that await us when we get there. 
And I'm convinced if we'll keep proper perspective in our living and in our life, if we'll keep proper perspective, I'm convinced he'll take us all the way home. Shall we stand? Pastor Eric, you dismiss us in prayer. Lord, we thank you again for being in your house, to be in your presence once all. Lord, we thank you for being with us today, for walking among us and speaking to our hearts. We thank you for this message we heard today, the great hope that we have. That we'll keep our hand in yours, we'll keep our faith in you, Lord, you'll guide us every step of the way. You'll give us the help and strength that we need each and every day to accomplish what you want us to accomplish. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for your many blessings. You've been so merciful and kind, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name.